Okay, we are two weeks into our series that we are calling Purpose. By the way, if you have not, this is such an important series for The Bridge. It's the reason why we exist. It's the reason why you exist. And so if you've missed the first two messages, I want to encourage you to go out to our website. How many have ever been to our website? All right, a couple. <clears throat> go to our website and you can hear the messages. And I would encourage you to go out and, and get those messages. Some of this kind of builds on, you know, on each other. So just kind of go out to it, start with the first one and go through um, I am suggesting that you do come to church and don't just wait for it to come out on, on video or on, uh, on the website. So here we are. Um, this will be our third week. And the idea here is to uncover with each message um, God's purposes for your life. How many want to do what God created us to do, what God intends for us to do? Amen. The first week... We said that the essence of the Christian life could be summed up in two words. It is love affair. Woo! I love it. <clears throat> love affair. God wants to have a love affair. And so Jesus said it this way in Matthew 22, love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, mind. And he said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And he said, nothing is more important than that right there. Okay, and if you missed that, you've missed everything because that's why you were created. It's why you were put on this earth. I also taught you that there's a term for the Bible express, for expressing God's love. And that term is called? Worship. worship. So simply, my first message was called worship God. All right, so if loving Jesus was with all my heart's the first and most important uh, purpose of my life, I explained that the next purpose is equally as important because Jesus said it. And in verse uh, 39 and 40, he says, uh, uh, in Matthew, he says, a second is equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law, he says, and all the demands of the prophets, in other words, all the Old Testament is based on those two commands. Now, we talked about before in that message, we talked about uh, when we do anything, anything that we do, we always uh, ask one question, and that is, what's in it for me? Okay, what's in it for me? Okay, what's in it for me? <laughs> um, and God's saying, hey, the first two most important purposes of your life don't have anything to do with what's in it for you. It's about worshiping God and loving people. And so you weren't put on this earth to be a consumer. You were put on this earth to be a contributor. And that contribution that you make with your life, when you take your talents and your abilities and, and whatever you have that, that you do good at, God says that contribution of your life is called uh, your ministry. And, 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 and when you do that unselfishly and all that, that's called your ministry. Last week's message, I simply said, the name of it was Love People. So the first two weeks, it was worship God, love people, and now that brings us today, who would like to take a wild guess at your next purpose for today? Activate, a cue Mission Impossible theme song right now. Um, just kidding. Listen, God himself wraps himself in flesh, comes to this earth, grows up in a place called Nazareth. Um, Crystal and I got a chance to spend a little time there, actually where they think he actually, uh, when he was a young boy, grew up walking in the same places and, and where he played and things like that when he was just a boy. And from then on, uh, so and, and at the age of 30, 
He starts his ministry, and from then on, he begins uh, showing us publicly what he wants us to do in our life. I hope you're catching that. He shows us with his life what he wants us to do. So first he gets baptized and he's preaching right away and disciples begin to follow him. Newlyweds, um, uh, 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 he shows mercy to some newlyweds who run out of wine. Uh, he shows mercy to some people who are possessed. He shows mercy to uh, some people who are sick in their body. And he teaches prayer and he, he teaches compassion and spirituality and faithfulness and faith. And, and, and everywhere Jesus went, he drew a crowd. And uh, all throughout his ministry, there were uh, conflicts and criticism between him and the religious leaders of the day called the Pharisees, all right? And he spent time, Jesus himself, God, spent time with the sinners rather than with the religious uh, uh, righteous people, if you will. He preached repentance, he praised Shows as an example how to pray. Uh, he, he heals the blind so that they receive their sight and the lame begin to walk and miraculously feeds thousands of people uh, with very little. And he shows mercy to those who just didn't deserve it in scripture. He taught about his future suffering and his um, death and resurrection. He developed leaders. He showed us by example what love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and, and, and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control really was by the way he lived his life. By the way he lived his life. He showed us how to live his way <clears throat> about loving people, about knowing the word of God and how important the word of God about trusting God and faithfulness. He lived his life, guys, for others. So the religious leaders stirred things up, as we know, and eventually the Jews crucified him. Um, but we know that three days later, uh, all of us probably know this, even the children, that he rose from the tomb. And I gotta tell you something, that is the real difference maker about who we serve today, right there. Um, and uh, the real difference maker is for 40 days after rising from the tomb, he lives among them again for 40 days. And in that 40 days, he eats and he celebrates with his friends and, he, and his loved ones, and he even teaches more. He preaches even more in those 40 days. He's seen by over 500 people. How many knew that? 40 days. For 40 days after he died, he rose and they've seen him and he lived among them. But then finally, just before he leaves for the very last time, and I, I, I find this very interesting because, and I say this a lot of times when I talk to people, that when it's the last thing you say, most, important, most of the time it's the most important thing that you're gonna say. When my kids are leaving the house, I say, be careful, I love you. You know, those are the things I want them to, to stick in their mind, okay? Be careful, I love you. You never know when it's the last time you're gonna be able to say that to them, is, don't you? So, um, he leaves. He's, he's finally, he's, before he leaves though, for the very last time, just before he actually ascends up into heaven, right before their eyes, Jesus gives his disciples their mission. He activates a mission. And he activates that mission for them. But then 2,000 plus years later, that mission is still alive today here at the bridge. We are activating a mission here. He gives them, you see, right then and there, 
a purpose, a very important purpose. And he says, hey, I'm about to leave you. Now you be my hands and my feet. Now you be my body for me because I'm not going to be here physically. Now listen close to what God himself commissions you to do. Here we are in Matthew 28. I'm going to go 16 to 20. It says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And then he says, that's his preference. Then he gets ready to tell them their mission. And I'm going to, over the next three weeks, break down this mission. Okay? Here it goes. The first of the verse, it says, therefore, he says, go. Go. Go out there, he says. He says, I, I made you my disciples. I've lived my life in front of you. I've done all these things. I've taught you. I've, I, I, I've, I've preached to you. I've done all these things and lived it out in front of you. I've made you disciples. Now you go out and make disciples of all the nations. That's <clears throat> what it says, right? And then he says, baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And others, baptize them in my name, in Jesus' name, in my name. You see, I'm associating myself with him when I get baptized. I'm becoming part of the family when I do that. And then teach these, teach, very important, teach these new disciples that we're bringing in and everything to obey all the commands that I've told you and I've given you. I've lived my life out in front of you. Just teach them to obey that. That's the mission. And then he says, hey, be sure of this. I'm gonna be with you always, even to the end of the age. And over the next three weeks, I wanna break down this mission, which is commonly referred to as the Great Commission. And I wanna continue our purpose series today and talk about the next purpose for your life as we begin to activate a mission. Today, I wanna talk about the part of our mission where he says in that scripture, baptize them. All right, I'm focusing in on that part, baptize them. In essence, connecting, all right? Um, uh, when we get baptized, we take on his name. We connect, we, we associate with Jesus, we connect with him, okay? But I'm not gonna focus on the salvation end of this at this point. At this point. Pastor Dustin did a great job talking about that a few weeks back. But in this part of, the, of his mission where, he, where we are baptized, it also represents the fact that we are connected to, everybody say connected. We are connected to, we become part of a brand new family. God's family. So my title Today is, we are family. Sister Sledge, get on the the whatever speakers. All right, we are family. If I, that's why they don't let me sing, guys. Right there. Okay. All right. Before we get started, a woman approached her pastor after the sermon and thanked him for his message. 
And she said, man, I found it so helpful, pastor. And the pastor replied, I hope it's not as helpful as the last sermon that you heard me preach. And she said, what? What do you mean by that? And he says, well, the sermon lasted for three months. Um, I'm not sure what Brian Regan used to do, what did whenever the joke didn't land. But I hope this message is not that good. I want to see you next week, all right? Not, th- this message can't last. Let me break it down. This message can't last for three months, okay? You got to come back. All right. Sorry. Crystal didn't get it, and I thought, wow, she's kind of slow. But anyway, uh, apparently I am the slow one, and every one of you are, um, so it's the delivery, all right? I, I did some study about the internet um, uh, this week. It's a field that I'm close to. Did you know that there are over 3.8 billion, Alex probably knows this, people connected to the internet? 3.8 billion people, and over 88% of North America is on the internet. Now, I can believe that one. Um, But we only, get get this, we only, in North America, only make up 8.2% of the internet users. That's pretty crazy. Asia is number one with 1.9 billion internet users, and they alone make up 50% of the uh, internet users. There are around 750 satellites flying in the sky for the sole purpose of communication, and that only supports 1% of the internet use. All right? The rest comes from fiber optic cable, either run underground, or most of it, um, the internet traffic users use fiber optics that are stretched across the floor of the huh? ocean, of the ocean. 700, over 700 million miles of fiber optic cable run on the floor of the ocean so that we can all connect us to the internet so that we can buy something from Amazon and so that we can connect to the rest of the world and to say hello to our Facebook friends and to Google things and to Twitter and to Instagram and to YouTube. Um, I had a video that I was going to show for the kids, but apparently I'm not going to do that now because um, I'm way past that point. So anyway... (laughs) It just dawned on me when I said YouTube. Um, So anyway, kids, you missed out because it was a really cool video. I'll show it to you some other time. Um, But anyway, we do this using our computers and our phones and our laptop and all that kind of stuff, tablets, etc. However, today, I want to talk to you about another kind of connection, a relational connection. For many years now, there's been a strong emphasis in our society on individualities, self-expression, self-esteem, self-fulfillment. I've got to do what's best for me. And as a result of that, we've produced a very disconnected society. You know, so technology has brought us together in a lot of ways it's disconnected us. Um, people don't even, in our society, they don't even know each other. You don't know all of your neighbors. I bet you any money you don't know all of your neighbors. I bet you don't know all the people that you work. I bet you don't know all the people that are in this church. You see, we're disconnected. But we weren't made to live that way. In Genesis chapter two, verse 18, God, or yeah, verse 18, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. 
You were made for relationships. You were made, you were created for connections. There, there's a universal need for all of us to belong. Even Jesus needed friends. And the Bible has very, a very important word about connecting people at the deepest level, and, and that spiritual connection is called fellowship. Fellowship. We often use the word fellowship to refer to you know, just hanging out with people. That's not what it is. Or, or, or having a party or, or being with friends. Fellowship is more than socializing. It's more than networking. It's more than you know, getting contacts with contacts and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, it's even more than having fun with the people that you love. Fellowship in its truest sense is really connecting. It's really soul to soul, heart to heart, connecting. You may have had an emotional connection, a sexual connection. You may have had an intellectual connection, but very few ever have a heart to heart, soul to soul, fellowship connection. Unless, unless you know the Lord and you've learned what real fellowship is with other believers. Why is it essential? Why is it so important to connect with others? There are emotional uh, reasons, there's physical reasons. Believe it or not, you live longer. There's studies that prove that you live longer when you have those types of connections. Um, There are spiritual benefits. I read a book called Connected. Uh, The author says that we are a nation of doers. We hurry from place to place, filling our lives with all kinds of activities, sometimes overscheduling our kids and ourselves. But what really sustains us emotionally, uh, psychologically, and physically is connectedness. And he says that feeling that we are part of something that matters. I hope... Most of you have gotten there in your life and felt that way in your life, that you want to be a part of something that matters, something that's larger than ourselves, that that gives life meaning. Uh, Just as there, he says, is a vitamin deficiency, there is a human contact deficiency. And it weakens the body and the mind and the spirit, it says. The author also said it affects, its effects can be severe. He said it can be depression, it can be physical illness, it can be even death. He says it can be even minor than that. He says underachievement, you can feel fatigue and feel loneliness. Connectedness is essential to your life. The Bible gives us four metaphors, four uh, images of showing us what being spiritually connected is like. And we're gonna look at these because many of you are new to church. It's something that you haven't done all of your life. Now, many of you who have been in church for a long time, this is gonna be somewhat, well, it's not gonna be fresh material, all right? But for some of you that that church is kind of new to you, this is gonna be a a little bit of a, a new thing for you, okay? Because many of you have a misunderstanding of what church is all about. Church is not a place to attend. Church is a group to be connected to. It's a group to be connected. This weekend, we have about 100 people or so, give or take, here at the bridge. And many, probably maybe only half of you are really connected spiritually in this church. So I wanna explain to you the benefits of why you've gotta get connected. So what's it like to be spiritually connected? And the Bible compares the church, not the place, but the people. 
to a spiritual building. In Ephesians chapter two, verse 20 and 22, it says, new believers are like a building that God owns. Jesus is the most important stone in the building. And the whole building is joined together in Christ. It's joined together in Christ. You are being built into it. You're being built into a place where God lives through the Spirit. You're being built into it. It's like being a brick in a building. Anyone building anything can tell you that the key to making a building or anything else really is that all the parts fit together. If, if it's a beam is about a half inch short, the wall is going to collapse, or the roof is going to collapse. You hope if you're building a house right now that that's not going to happen. Everything fits together. It has to be connected. In fact, to be considered part of the building, it's got to be connected. <clears throat> you can walk around inside a construction site, and many of you have built your own homes, or a few of you have, or are doing that right now. And you can walk around the floor of the construction site and see the, the bricks on the ground, or you can see pieces of wood or pieces of metal, or you can see uh, switches and boxes and wires and all that kind of stuff laying on the ground. But as long as they're disconnected, they're not a part of the building. They're in the building, they're on the floor there, but they're not really a part of the building until they get connected. That's a parable for many of you. You come to the bridge and you attend here uh, at the bridge and you're part of the bridge family, but you're not really a part. You're not really a part of the bridge family because you're not connected, all right? You come in and you sit and, and you hear God's word and you sing with the wonderful uh, worship team and, and you go out and you talk to people in the lobby and then you go home, you see? You're, you, you, you're a, a spectator, not a participator. <clears throat> you need to get connected, in Ephesians chapter two, verse 21 says, he who believes are, are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Why did God choose a building as an illustration of what it means to be spiritually connected? It's because, I hope you've got your handouts, it's because all the connected parts, listen, this is the most important, support each other. All the connected parts support each other. Beams support other beams. Walls support other walls. Uh, and, all, and the roof holds the walls up. And the walls hold the roof up. And, and they're all connected and they're all supporting. And that is one of your deepest needs in life. You need support. You need emotional support. You, you sometimes need physical support. Uh, uh, you certainly need spiritual uh, support. Uh, where, where are you going to get it if you're not connected? Where are you going to get that? Who's going to hold you up in your rough times? You need the support like being a brick in a building. You weren't meant to go through life disconnected and unsupported. I got to tell you something. Already in the early launch days of the bridge here, I could call many of you up that are in these seats. I could call many of you up here and some that aren't here and have you share with all of us how the bridge has been there for you and your family. And I bet you by the time we were done, there wouldn't be a dry eye in the building. I, I guarantee it. 
We all need support all the time. Link group is a great way to get connected and support each other through different life experiences that we're going through. There's always someone experiencing uh, uh, some kind of a difficult problem or issue in their life. And it's just so comforting to know that others hear about those issues, those problems, and, and, and they're praying for you on a daily basis. Friends of yours, family members of yours. The next one, the Bible also compares being part of the church as being the next image is being a part of a body. All right, being a part of the body. All right, part of a building, part of a body now. <clears throat> and um, the Bible calls the church the body of Christ. All right, over and over and over again in Scripture, um, the, the church is called the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12 says this Just as there are many parts in our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it. And it takes every one of us to make it complete, for we all have a different work to do. So we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. The verse here that we just read is packed with spiritual truths. I just want to mention a couple. The first one is notice in the church that we're all different. We're all unique. You know what? God doesn't want you to be like anybody else. He wants you to be like he made you. Secondly, we all have different roles to play. We have different things to do, different work to do, different niches to fill. And if every, in a body, not everything does the same thing, does it? Can you imagine all the parts of, of your body uh, if they did the same thing? Like every part of your body did the walking. <clears throat> every part of your body did the talking. God help us. Third is that we are all needed as part of this scripture, to make the body complete. We're all needed. Everybody point at your neighbor and say, on one side and say, you're needed. Point to the other one and say, maybe you're needed too. No. <laughs> the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The, the ear can't say to the nose, I don't need you. We're all needed in the body of Christ. Some parts of your body are very small, uh, but they're still needed. You may think that in the body of Christ, called the bridge here, that I'm just this little toe, if you will, uh, of the body. I guarantee you, you lose your toe, you're gonna notice it. All right? <clears throat> if your little pinky gets smashed, uh, throbbing across the whole body happens. How many have ever smashed their finger and know what I'm talking about? There are no little people in the body of Christ. It's like in my house. The most important light in my house is not the big light bar in the dining room that you know we, where we eat under and all that. It's the little light that is turned on um, at night whenever I'm heading to the restroom and so I don't stub my toe. All right, that's the most important light in the house. It's either that one or the light that turns on in the refrigerator when it comes on, all right? So the point is size and significance have nothing in common, okay? And, and, and if you're at the Bridge Church, let me tell you something right now. You're needed. You're needed here in the body of Christ. You're not here by accident, guys. God brought you here because you have a role to play in this body called the bridge. <clears throat> the next thing that we learn from the scripture is we all belong to each other. I belong to you. 
You belong to me. We belong to each other. Christian life is not about, or it's not just a matter of believing. It's a matter of belonging. Uh, you, you say, Pastor Steve, I, I've been introduced to Jesus. You know what? I, I now have the Spirit of God living in me and in my heart. That's great. You're only halfway there. You, now you need to belong to his body. What, what good is a body part that, that's detached from the body? We all belong to each other. Yes, you make a commitment to Jesus Christ. Absolutely, that's number one. And then you commit, make a commitment to other Christians and you say, what? That's my body. I'm gonna be a part of that body. Okay? <clears throat> once, once again, the last point of this, in this uh, scripture is that we see where being connected is important. What, what good is a hand if it's detached from the body? None. A hand can't do anything unless it's connected to the body. So here's the parallel. God wants you to be connected to his body because you can't be effective you, you, you as a christian as a believer as 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 uh to, to grow spiritually without being connected all right why did god choose the body as an illustration uh, of what the church is to be here in your notes because the body in a body all the parts grow together we all grow together we all grow in harmony. If your leg or your arm gets detached from your body, no more growing. All right? I, I don't know how I could say it any clearer. You can't be all God wants you to be. You, you can't grow to be what God wants you to be without being attached to a body, without being attached to a church, without being attached to a church home. All right? And this is the second most important connection in your life. The first is your connection with God. The second is your con you need to be connected to God's body. All right? The body of Christ. So, why? So you can grow. If you're uh, serious about your spiritual growth, guys, you've got to get connected to a body. And you say, okay, that's where I want to grow. Right there, the bridge. I want, that's my church. That's my body. Right there. Once again, jump into a link group. And you're going to notice the more that you get into it, the more you grow spiritually, the more you grow spiritually, regardless of which one you choose. Um, I know it's going to be a blessing to your life. The next uh, image, the Bible also called the church a flock. All right. A building, a body, a flock. This one seems to be Jesus's favorite one right here. Flock. Psalm 103, it says, God made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now that probably doesn't seem too appealing to anybody. In fact, maybe a little smelly. But here in Lake St. Louis, you have no idea how well sheep are cared for. If you remember in Psalms 23, the most popular one, it says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have, I have everything that I need. Everything I need. When you get in God's flock, the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, takes care of the needs in your life. Jesus said it in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And that's how much you matter to God right there. He describes it. Jesus Christ, he laid down his life for you. And I'll read on. It says, a hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. 
So when the wolf comes, he abandons the sheep and runs away, and then the wolves attack the flock and scatter it. A hired hand runs away because he cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they know me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. And no one can ever snatch them out of my hand. No one. Why did God choose the flock as an image of what it means to be spiritually connected? Because in a flock, the sheep are protected and cared for. They're protected. That's one of the functions of the church. Did you know that? That's one of our functions. You you need that in your life. Now, I want you to pay close attention here. When you're, when you're getting beat up in the business work, when, you're, when your marriage and your family are being strained to their limits, and, and, and when you're uh, 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 facing a personal or overwhelming crisis in your life, you need people who will step up to the plate for you. I hope you heard that. that that's when, you know what? That's when everybody else walks away from you. That's when everybody else says, you know what, adios, man. You got problems? <laughs> I'm out of here. That's when they walk in. That's when they go to bat for you. That's when they assume the responsibility. That's when they protect you. That's when they care for you. Like a shepherd does with sheep. The Bible tells us that in every church, God gives certain people who are good at what we're talking about right here. They're good. We have a lot of people like that, all right? They're, they're good at caring for other people. They're, they're good at loving. They're good. They're like people, people, you know? They're, they're good at leading. They're good at encouraging. They're good at teaching. They're good at supporting. They're good at, at, at helping the people in the church that are in need. And they're called many different things. And, and in the Bible, they're called pastors. They're called shepherds. And, and, uh, and, and a contemporary term, we could call it a group leader, okay? Link leader. It, it doesn't matter what we call them, but we need them. We need them. Every sheep needs a shepherd, and every person deserves a pastor, a shepherd, or a group leader to help them out. Here's their job description in 1 Peter 5, 2. It says, take care of God's flock, his people that you are responsible for. Watch over them because you want to, not because you're forced to do it. You may not realize it, but right now, the bridge flock already has several shepherd leaders, link group leaders, that are shepherding the flock. People who give special attention and care to people who are members in this church. And that's great. You know what? We could use more. We could use more. As we grow, there's more and more need. Some of you that are sitting underneath the sound of my voice, could do that. You, you could do that. You're wired for that. You, you, you have a heart for people. You are a people person. You like helping others. That's, that's just who you are. That's what you do. You, you don't want to go hide off by yourself in a, some, with some computer in a little room. You, you, you want to get out with people and help them and share with them and talk with them. You say, you know what? Don't you have to be a, a theologian for that? No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't even have to be a Christian for 50 years. <clears throat> Here's what. You, you, you don't have to know, guys, all of the answers to everything. Here, you, you need to know one answer. 
I take that back. You need to know two. You need, you need to know the answer. We worship God, love people. And if you worship God and love people, you probably uh, would be a good group leader. If you're interested in that, you need to talk to Jared Carter, Sam and Sue in the back, or just jump online. The blessing, guys, of helping others, growing spiritually, encouraging others, you actually get more blessed yourself when you give out. The last one today, last image, um, hang tight, we're almost there. The last image of being spiritually connected is one that you're all familiar with here at the bridge. I talk about it all the time here. It's my favorite image of the church. The Bible calls the church the family of God. The family of God. We, we, we're a spiritual family. We're, 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 we're God's family. In 1 Timothy 3.15, it says, I want you to know how people who are members of God's family must live. God's family is the church. Some of you live a long distance away from family members, from extended relatives. Some of you are single adults here. Some of you are married with family that just don't support your spiritual development, your growth. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. We are your family. We are your family. We will help you. We love you. We want, we want to care for you. That's what we want to do. We, we want to help you to be all that God wants you to be. How are we to act as members of the family of God. Romans 12, 10 says, love each other like brothers and sisters. Why? Because we're a family. We're a family. When I was younger, the members all of the church that I went to would all call each other brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. And they still do that in many of the churches today. Uh, it's not a bad idea. We, we, are, we are really related to each other in the family of God. The phrase one another is mentioned 58 times in the New Testament. The Bible says that we are to love one another, we're to care for one another, we're to encourage one another, to support one another, to give to one another, to, to help one another, and on and on. That's what it means to be a family, a member of the family. You're not, guys, on the outside looking at the family. You're on the inside as a family member. Remember the words, some of you are probably too young for this. Um, remember the words of the theme song of the TV series, Cheers? How many remember that, that series? Yeah, Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. I'm not singing it. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you, no, uh, wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. I'm preaching the series of cheers right now. You want to be where you can see. Our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. And I want to tell you something. That's a description of a family of God, not a bar. When you go to a bar, not everybody wants to know your name. But you get involved in a link group, and I'm going to tell you, a small group, and, and all of a sudden, everybody, they want to get to know you. They want to get to know your name. They want to get to know the issues and struggles that are happening in your life, if that's what you want to share, because they want to help. They want to love on you, all right? You figure out pretty soon that all our troubles are the same. And, and if you're a perfect person, guys, as the worship team begins to come, uh, and you've got it all together, there's no sin in your life, 
you're perfect. You might want to find another church. How's that for what the pastor has to say? No perfect people need to apply at this church. On the other hand, if you're a big bad sinner, come on down. This is the place. This is the place. Uh, um, it, if you've got some hangups in your life, you've got a few <laughs> screws loose. I'll go on with them. A few eggs short of a whole omelet. <laughs> Your elevator doesn't go all of the way to the top. Okay, seriously. No, seriously. Maybe you've got some bad habits in your life. Maybe you've got a few hang-ups from your past, a little shady thing that, that you wish nobody else knew about, and, and you're trying to, to, to get rid of it in your life. You've got some areas of your life where you just don't have it all together. I want to tell you something. This this is the place for you. The bridge is the place for you. This is the place for people who've absolutely blown it in their life and they want to change and they want to grow and they want to make a difference. Who admit that they don't have it all together in their life. And if you're that way, welcome to the bridge family. Welcome to the bridge family. Why did God choose the family as an illustration of what it's like to be spiritually connected at the church? Because in a family, on your notes, the members love each other. They love each other. In our Activate Session 1, if we don't have it, we need to add it. That to be a member of this church, you need to sign a covenant and to make a promise. And one of those commitments should be, I promise to love everybody at the bridge who's a member. And one of the reasons why God is blessing the bridge, I truly believe this, is because the members here really do love each other. They really do. It makes all the difference in the world. That's why sometimes you come into here and it just feels like electricity, you know? Because the people who are here are here because they want to be here, you know? No, but nobody is here out of guilt or out of habit or something like that. They want to be here. I want to close with just one question. Why should you stay disconnected? Why should you stay disconnected? Give me one good reason. When, when the bridge has so much to offer, why should you stay disconnected? Why should you remain a spectator and not a participator? God has designed the church to meet all of your basic needs in life. That's what we do here. It's what we try to do. We know we don't have it all together. We're working on this. But he meets all the basic needs of your life through these spiritual connection types that I just mentioned. So how do I get connected? The Bible says first, first, everybody say first. They gave themselves to the Lord. That's what they did first. And then by God's will, they gave themselves to us as well. First, you commit your life to Christ. You become part of God's family. And then you commit yourself to this local family and say, you know what? This is where I belong. This, this, is, this is my church. This is my family. You 
you say, okay, how can I do that, Steve? Well, if you're, shall we stand together? If you're here and you haven't done that first one, you committed your life to Christ, you can do that right now. You know, the Bible says that if you repent and you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you turn away from the things that you um, consider to be the way of life and you turn to his way, that's called repentance. You turn to him, you turn to God. You're sorry for all that. And you baptize. The Bible says that you receive that. It, it's that simple. And, but if you're on that second one and you're going, you know what, I've done that or you know, I still, I'd like to get involved. I'd like to be a part of this church. I'd like to connect. All you got to do is go online, sign up for Activate uh, online. It's very quick, three sessions. It's very simple. You can do it from your phone. You can sign up from your phone, from your computer. Do it today. Do it today as a response to this message, just to let me know that, you know, you're listening, you know, if you want to do that as part and become a part of the, the Bridge family because we are family let's sing let's sing i don't know if i came in at the right be the light in the cracks be the one that's mending the camel's back slow to anger quick to laugh be more hard and less